Woo! Come on. <laughs> That's right. Right out of the gate. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to my poor friends. Today we are, I said good evening, but really it's good morning you when did. we're I recording was... this. I know. Well, I always start it with good evening, but technically it is morning time. Uh, I am recording with two of my favorites, Michael, Kelly, you are on virtually. It is our first virtual episode with the pandemic. So Michael, say hi. Hi. <laughs> you it's fucker. Like, he chooses now <laughs> to go on mute. That's right. He chooses now. Yeah. Okay. So Michael said hi. Kelly, say hi. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Okay. So for our first uh, virtual episode, hopefully you all can can hear us okay. Everything sounds okay. This is very exciting for me. I feel like we are, you know, um, embracing at this point the fact that we all have to be at home 24-7. Yeah. All the time. It's so exciting. I know. So hopefully this will inject some enjoyment into our staying at home daily lives. So what we are talking about today is the Anne Rice classic interview with the vampire. For some reason this season, I got into a uh, focus around uh, scary movies. I don't know why I got really in. Maybe it's the pandemic. You know, I'm coming right i'm coming to grips with death and disease and so for whatever reason scary movies have been my thing lately should have done outbreak we did do outbreak who did outbreak richard did we could do contagion i think i think that that was the other one that we did uh, clearly, this was an excellent episode. <laughs> but I do kind of remember him talking about the monkeys. So. Have you ever heard of The Crazies? No. What is The Crazies? I just looked up 10 best pandemic movies ever. It's uh, 1973. So it's five years after George A. Romero's Seminal Night of the Living Dead. He gave us another film about human contagion, The Crazies. Oh, it's a cult uh, classic with a 2010 remake, remake starring Tim- Timothy Oliphant. Shut up. No, it's not. Apparently so. Oh, that's shocking to me. The crazies. I'm going to Google this. Okay. I feel like we've gotten off the, off the, off track here. No, that's all right. I appreciate it. Okay. So I know it is. It's very much uh, a squirrel moment. So anyway, so we're doing interview with the vampire. It's one of the movies that I remember loving as a kid. It came out in the early nineties, 94, I think it was. Um, and of course it did uh, star Tom Cruise, uh, as the vampire Lestat and, um, Brad Pitt as Louie, uh, Kirsten Dunst as Claudia and then an Antonio Banderas Armand which um, you know we'll get into all of these different actors but we'll talk about a star-studded cast right it was just absolutely fantastic but before we get into that I did look up some would you rather questions that I thought we could start as an icebreaker for this group but I'm going to try and go with something that's a little more you know scary movie themed okay okay so my first question is would you rather have seven fingers on each hand or have seven toes on each foot and this isn't like you know a hand with an extra finger seven fingers on both hands or seven toes on both feet toes what if you could have a pair of tin snips so i can correct it oh what's wrong with you toes but anything (laughs) (laughs) but toes you might not be able to fit into shoes I mean, well, you can get specially made shoes. Fingers can't fit into gloves. <laughs> I know, but you don't wear gloves every day. You do wear shoes I every like day. Well, yeah. You know, in non-pandemic times, people see your hands every day. They don't see your feet every day. 
That's true. I don't wear sandals. Right. Oh, that's true. But I'm just saying, like, you you, you might Didn't... have to wear sandals because you yeah, couldn't fit into shoes. The uh, like, the only thing you'd fit on this would be sandals or, you know, you Crocs, and I hate Crocs. <laughs> you could get specially made gloves, I suppose. You could. Yeah, but, but that's not going to hide anything. Like that. <laughs> that's just yeah. going to be even weirder. Well, no, you could. talk to the glove maker. <laughs> <laughs> you could do, like, mittens, you know, where two feel... fingers get lumped together. I don't know. Just... I feel like a cord waiter is more discreet than a glove maker. So I feel like it's okay. I'd rather have shoes. Maybe. Okay. Special fancy shoes, huh? Yes. I mean, I have lived my life with wide feet anyway. So I have to, you know, deal with bigger shoes than normal. And I will tell you that that's a pain just trying to buy shoes. So having them specially made, I feel like, would be difficult. And I don't mind sandals. So I, 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 but I'm with you. I think I'd rather go with the seven toes. I mean, talk about a conversation starter if you have seven fingers on each hand. And imagine like how much more you could get done with seven fingers on each hand. Do you think you'd be like better at typing? No. Or better at (laughs) piano? Like, who's going to teach you to type with seven fingers? Typing teacher's just going to freak out and leave. (laughs) You you could become like a specialist typing teacher, but who else has seven hands? I I know, I'm just saying like, could you be like the best, could you be the best typer in the world with seven, or the best pianist, or the best, you know, flautist with seven fingers on each hand? Right. I don't know if it works that way. Everything's built for four fingers and a thumb. It's not built for... I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's nothing fancy about you with seven toes. What, are you more balanced or something? Yeah, you can run faster. I may, but I don't run on my toes. I'm just saying with seven fingers, like, it could open up a world of possibilities you do not realize. Or you could just be made fun of a lot. Yeah. Eh, you know, probably a specific niche of internet porn for both of these circumstances. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I 100% think that's probably the case. I I think you could (laughs) make some money that way. But I'm just saying, that's just me. I think you've left out the most important thing, though, right? So your hand is like a pyramid, right? The middle finger is the longest. Where do these seven fingers fit in, right? (laughs) I mean, is one of them longer? Is it like, are they like zigzagged or what? I mean, how's that going to, I don't know. I don't like this idea. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that, like one sticking out on each side of your index finger and pinky, you know, an extra index finger, an extra pinky. I can see that. Or is it like one off to the side of the thumb? I mean, yeah, that would two, be weird. two. <laughs> We're talking like, yeah, I know it'd be weird. So no, I'm yeah. gonna say that. How do you do those bud f- Buzzfeed quizzes that are like, if your middle finger is the longest? Oh my god, right. <laughs> I'll never know if I'm, you know, fucking British or Roman or some shit. I won't know if my real name is Karen or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there with that. But I, I'm going to go with fingers. I'm I'm hard down on fingers. I think fingers is the way to go. You guys I'm are still, still both toes. Sticking, sticking with the toes. <laughs> and the elective surgery. Yeah, All I'm right. having them removed. You know what? I feel like this is actually very indicative of the three of us just in general. I'm going to go with the thing that stands out more and whatever. What, you like fingers? Kelly's, she likes toes Kel- no, Kelly's going to go with the thing that like <laughs> she can. That doesn't make me stand out. That's right. That doesn't make her stand <laughs> out. Our little introvert is like, no, thank you. And Michael's like, what plastic surgery can I get done? You know, what, what can I do to make myself look better? Like, that's just the three of us in general. I'm just saying. I do not accept either of these results. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I want to talk to your manager. <laughs> exactly correct correct exactly correct um okay so let's move on to the movie interview with the empire metascore was 59 ron tomatoes deemed it fresh at 63 what 
<laughs> what? Out of a hundred? Yeah, out of a hundred. Metascore is out of a hundred. Yeah. Of Metascore was. I don't think I've ever looked at it. Okay, well, it's out of a hundred. So Rotten Tomatoes two is a percentage, so sixty three percent. Which anything over sixty percent is considered fresh. And 7.5 user rating on IMDb. So people generally like it, which I thought was interesting. Um, The one who did not like it, Oprah Winfrey, Uh walked out of a screening of the film. Do you remember that happening? Do you remember them actually walking out, her walking out of the movie? I don't remember that at all, but I was looking up random facts about it to prepare for this. And yeah, I read that and that she considered canceling an interview with Tom Cruise because of how much she disliked it. I mean... That's crazy. She says, I believe there are forces of light and darkness in the world, and I don't want to be a contributor to the force of darkness. I guess he was pretty gracious about it because it was during an interview and was like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not a movie for everyone. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't believe it. Like, someone... It's very, it's very on brand. Wait, what do you though, say but... about them like that? Do you think? Like, it just oh, it yeah. didn't seem... So she said that there was too much blood. I, I just feel like... I mean, it was... Well, there is a lot of blood. Well, well Oprah is a very love and light sort of person. So, yeah, I, okay. I hadn't read it at the time. I just read it today, but it it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I could see that. I just, I doesn't, it didn't seem that uh, cr- crazy to me, I guess. So, I don't know. But it was the highest grossing vampire probably, movie. What's that? Sorry, I'm coughing. I, I said it's probably really because of the way Tom Cruise talks during the movie. Talks like the Shatner, you know? <laughs> you think I mean, Tom Cruise talks like the Chatner? Like this most of the movie. He, he, it's weird when he's explaining to Louis, "You'll never grow old or die." <laughs> I'm like, why is he talking like this? <laughs> I was but, the only one, I guess. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember. I, I didn't notice that either. But now that you say yeah, that, I kind of think do. we're virtual because I'm YouTubing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, uh, I. Cruise talks like chat let's see what we get on the old googles here i'm the only one (laughs) most of what comes up is tom cruise and scientology which is also weird i know the whole scientology thing well this was part of the problem that i had with this movie is that i actually thought tom cruise did a fantastic job i loved him in this movie i thought he was just absolutely amazing and it's funny because you know you love him in this movie and then he's a scientologist and you're like wow you know I'm surprised that he would be able to do a movie like this with, but then again, you know, he... Well, when does he become a Scientologist? Oh, he's been one for quite a while, so... I don't know. I don't know when he converted. Yeah, see, I I dislike Tom Cruise and have disliked him for so long, probably because of the Scientology thing, that I can't even see his uh, acting chops in this movie. Like, I just don't like him. I see him, and I don't like him. Oh, really? My biggest complaint about Tom Cruise is his characters almost always seem to be basically the same. He doesn't have a real wide range of, you know, emotional... He doesn't portray emotions differently. Does that make sense? So, in my mind, he's not bad in this movie. He's just playing Tom Cruise. And in this particular instance, that kind of lended itself to Lestat, I thought. I mean, he's a pompous ass. Yeah, right, exactly. It just sort of it sort of comes through, and it, it, it to me, for me, it worked in this movie. I still, don't, I, I'm with you, Kelly. I don't, I'm not, I've never been a Tom Cruise fan, but so here's yeah. my thing. At the time, Tom Cruise had played Top Gun, and he'd played uh, that racing movie. So he had played. Movie. Oh, what is it? Days of Thunder. That's it. So he had played the good-looking, you know, charming uh main character <clears throat> but in this 
you know, he he credits this as his first time playing the villain, which which arguably Lestat is supposed to be the villain, but is also, you know, he's like the anti-hero. That's right. So that's what I found interesting in this movie was that I had, of course, at the time, which now with once he started jumping on Oprah's sofa, I was done with him. But at the but I still actually like movies with Tom Cruise. I think he's still a good actor. And I remember at the time, you know, um, I I had loved him in Top Gun. I loved him in Days of Thunder. And now he's playing this vampire Lestat. And I just thought it was so different from a role that he had played at that time, at least, that I was like, man, I really was impressed with what he did. But to your point, Anne Rice hated Tom Cruise's vampire Lestat when she first heard about it, right? Um, You know, she thought that he was terrible and, and didn't think that he fit the role at all. Um, so the books are written in the seventies, the rights to the books were sold in 76. So other people that had been considered originally was John Travolta, which I don't think he would have been that great at, although I think he would have been scary. I don't know, because the only time I really remember seeing John Travolta try to play something that isn't, you know, I don't know, normal, you know, isn't like Pulp Fiction-y, is that Battlefield Earth movie. And that was Oh, God. I mean, right? (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. When he stepped out of that, like, genre that he normally fits in, it was just terrible. I just have a hard time picturing him do something beyond that. Now, I will say that he was excellent in that movie. What was that? Face Off. You know, yeah. I thought that I thought that was fun. Well, I, and he was sinister in that movie, so he maybe he would have been. Maybe he would have been great. Kind of in that same genre that he's always in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I know some people get pissy about that when someone gets pigeonholed, but I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I enjoy watching, you know, movies where the character is portrayed well, and it's like if an actor does that, then I don't give a shit that it's the same character he played last week. Me you too. Know? I mean, that doesn't bother me. But yeah. I don't necessarily like it when they try to break out and then do it poorly in a movie that I otherwise would have, you know, enjoyed. <laughs> I don't think you would have enjoyed the Battlefield there was no movie. Hope. Oh, no, yeah, that no, was that, a terrible yeah. movie. And it's not fair to pin all that on John Travolta. That was a bad movie, <laughs> period, all right? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Kelly, was that one of your favorite mo- movies ever, and that's why you're being really quiet right now? Yeah, we've offended Absolutely. Her. <laughs> <laughs> about to upend my desk and walk out. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's your house. Well, we're virtual. <laughs> yeah, so it's fine. You can go ahead and do that. Right. Yeah. I don't have to clean it up. So I don't there. have to clean it up. That's right. If you were here, maybe, but. All right. Yeah, I don't, I don't see John Travolta in, the, in that role. Yeah. Other considerations were Mel Gibson and Richard Gere, which I think both are terrible. Like, Richard Gere yeah, talks know. so quietly. Richard Gere's an interesting choice, right? <laughs> I know. Can you picture it? It's hard. No. I mean, I like Richard Gere, but I I have a hard time seeing that, so I don't know. (laughs) I could, too. I could picture him as Armand better than I, because Armand is kind of steady. You know, he's a steady. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. not Lestat, uh, by any means. So then another one that had actually been offered the role was Daniel Day-Lewis. I could see that one. I could, too. And maybe that's just because he rolls around with long hair. Yeah, I also heard Tom Hanks and Johnny Depp. Yeah, so then she thought of so when so that was like when they very first were starting, you know, to to develop the movie, and of course, then it fell through. So then when they did it this the later, uh, Anne Rice thought of John Malkovich, Christopher Walken. It was offered to Johnny Depp, who turned it down, and then Tom Hanks turned it down to do Forrest Gump. So I heard the same thing: Johnny Depp, Tom Hanks. 
I don't know that I like any of those. John Malkovich, I could see because he he does a good almost maniacal person, which is how I almost see Lestat is, you know, walking that like line of, you know, 100% in charge and then just over the line of almost like king tyrant maniacal kind of person. So I could see John Malkovich, but Christopher Walken, Johnny Depp and Tom Hanks are all out for me. See, Johnny Depp, I can see Tom Hanks for sure, no. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Depp would be weird. weird the problem I but... have John Malkovich and... John... <clears throat> well, Johnny Depp would have turned it into the Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, every movie he plays it turns into that at some point now. You know, but actually uh, thinking which, about it I mean, at I the time... The Don't get me wrong, I love the movie. Well, and at the yeah, time he hadn't done it yet. So, you, you know, that's true. I could see... Oh, this is the 90s. What was he doing in the 90s? He was doing Edward Scissorhands, which he did a fantastic Sorry. job with. But that's my thing is I, I think of him as like being quieter than the role, right? Spooky, right. I just don't see the picture. I, it's hard for me to picture that, right? Yeah. Oh, that's hard. I don't know. That's hard for me to imagine. But I, I, I have a hard time also with, you know, John Malkovich and Christopher Walken in that role because Lestat's supposed to be this young pretty boy. And even in the 90s, they're not young pretty boys, you know? And I, I get that the, you know... Not that they're not great actors. It's yeah. Just, I would have a hard time picturing them as. Yeah, style. there's a certain certain look you expect to see. Right. Which yeah. is right, which is why you know we have blonde hair on Tom Cruise. I know. That's the one thing that it's I hated weird. the most about this movie was Tom Cruise with blonde wig. hair. It wasn't even an especially good wig, honestly. Yeah. yeah. No, I hated that the most. Um, so speaking of the look, you know they had to wear contacts. They also hung the characters upside down every day. So all the actors that were playing vampires required to hang upside down for up to 30 minutes at a time to force all the blood in their bodies to rush to their heads and their blood vessels would bulge out and then the makeup artist would draw over their blood vessels so they would have that vampire look. And they'd have to do it several times over. Isn't that awful? Like, I'm surprised they agreed to that. I know. Well, you know, when you think about it at the time. That's, uh, yeah. At I the feel t- like your makeup artist just make. Blood vessels. Right. In the damn blood vessels. You don't need to know exactly where they were are on my head. Right. That's what no, I think, the too. Idea, I get what they're going for. They're going for continuity, right? They want the blood vessels to always be in the same spot. We don't want a shot where, you know, he has one down the side of his neck here and then the next shot it's sure. someplace else. I get mm-hmm. what they're trying to do, but there has to be a better way to do it, right? right. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that's awful. I that I mean, I get the concept of wanting to make sure your continuity is insured, but still, I, uh, yeah, that sounds terrible. I know. I thought that was, I thought that, that was awful. Well, and so, Kelly, if you've been poking around the internet, you know that, um, of course, Brad Pitt hated. He was totally miserable in his role as Louis. Uh, as Louis. Uh, I guess they only filmed at night. And... <laughs> What's that? Comes across. I honestly think this is probably one of Brad Pitt's worst roles. One of his worst jobs. One of the, one, when he... I think this is probably one of the worst movies that Brad Pitt's in. I think it's a good movie, and I think he does fine. But when you look at him in other movies... This seems I like also one of his feel like his misery gigs. fits the character very well. So, yes. Yeah. So I agree with that. So he did an inter- Entertainment Weekly interview where the guy said, you look miserable in this role. And he's like, well, I was miserable. He said that they only filmed at night. Um, so it was really dark. They filmed a large portion of the movie in London during winter. Um, and then... 
so all of that like contributed to just being depressed the contact lenses cast yellow tint on stuff like it was just not great and then on top of that the role of Louis, he said sucked because he says there was no script i knew the book and in the book you have this guy who's asking who am i um which was probably applicable to me at the time in the book it's this guy going on this search of discovery and in the meantime he has this Lestat character that he's entranced by entranced by and abhors but then i got the script two weeks before we started shooting and in the movie they took the sensational aspects of Lestat that made the and made that the pulse of the film and those things were very enjoyable and very good but for me there was just nothing to do you just sit and watch tom cruise he had all this pressure to make it work and he made it work good on him which 100 percent, i totally agree with that that it's a sucky sucky role to be in because so much of the yeah. books have louis like either communicating to the reporter which he just doesn't do very much in this right. in this film or it's all you know internalized it's all like an internal conversation about stuff and in this case it wasn't you know you can't all you have to do is kind of sit there and brood but to your point kelly people loved it because that's kind of the point right is that he's constantly worried about guilt this guilt Mm -hmm. of killing people and his miserableness and this you know life that he's done Uh exactly and so the misery was you know like accidental method acting i guess would you know um which is maybe how you've just maybe we've now pinpointed why louis not the main character in the rest of the books that's a good point because you know Anne rice very clearly has made lestat i mean she modeled the guy on her husband um you know so may you know gave them the same birthday and everything and clearly lestat ends up being the hero of the books in a lot of ways right so 100 percent. i mean it doesn't surprise me but But I thought that was sorry. No, that's all right. (laughs) That's that's the definition of working for mom right there. Mm -hmm. So I guess it was so difficult and depressing for Brad Pitt that at one point he calls up David Geffen, who was the producer, and said, How much would you have to pay to get out of the film? And was told forty million dollars. After that, he says it just shut him up and he got through it. (laughs) As forty million dollars would do. (laughs) It would for me too. Yep, it would for me too, 100%. I just, you know, $40 million is a lot. So yeah, so after that, he's like, it kind of helped because clearly I wasn't going to pay that. So at that point, I was like, okay, I can just get through this. So, um, But I thought that would suck, you know, to have to be in a scenario that is just that depressing and, and sad. Um, So maybe he could have done a little bit of research ahead of time to know possibly what he, like, you, you don't know till you're in it, but if all of that completely surprised him uh, that's a little on him yeah so i think that's so one of the things that he said was when he read the books what came through of course was this guilt and of course you know the books are really the guilt that they feel as vampires is supposed to mimic like you know catholic guilt and the guilt that you feel just being the person that you are that you're you're you know you should feel bad for just existing um and of course to your point like having to be in that mindset all the time i mean that was part of the books if and and he says he did read them um but i mean to your point it's a vampire book you're gonna record at night like yeah it's not gonna be bright and cheery now but, it's been a hot minute since i've read these books i'm not gonna lie but i do too. i do think there's a bigger part in for louis in the book than there is in the movie right I th- so I think an interview with a vampire right. that it was pretty. Well, he becomes a background character in the in the follow up books, but well, in the first book, it's and the really scholar, a about him, right? 
Yeah, to your point, I, 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 it's been a while since I've read the books. It was probably late 90s or early 2000s that I read the books, and I haven't read them since. Although I did buy audiobooks because I thought I would go back and read them. But anyway, I haven't. Um, and so I'm with you. I kind of remember uh, Louis having a bigger role in the, in the books. But I also very much remember Lestat being the central character because I remember finishing Interview with the Vampire and loving Lestat and thinking, okay, he's supposed to be the bad guy, but you finish the book and you're like in love with the guy. So See, but that's I, not how I remember it ending. I remember, I mean, I remember it ending that way, but I don't remember the book being all about Lestat. I thought it was, I thought Lestat was the support character in Interview with the Vampire and Louis was really the main character. I don't remember. We'll have to go back and read them. Well, we don't have to, but I, I don't remember that either. I don't remember. Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. Because I remember thinking the next book, when the next book comes out, the next book is The Vampire Lestat. And I, I can remember thinking, okay, so that's what we're going to do, right? We're going to do a book about each vampire, which is kind of what she does. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. But it becomes very clear after a little bit that really the main character of this entire series, it's going to revolve around how they interact with Lestat. Well, and and maybe you know, because so the books are the the with the Vampire Chronicles. To your point, I remember like reading Maria Merrick, and then um, reading the kind of um, side books, you know. Right. But I, I I have a hard time remembering because Interview with the Vampire, of course, is the very first book, right. and I would have to go back and and read it again to really remember what happens. What I think is interesting in this particular movie is that half of it is Louis and Lestat and Claudia, and then half of it is Lestat obviously gone through a huge part of it when he's with Armand. I don't remember that in the books or not. I can't remember if that's how the books were or not. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. It's in there. I don't know if it's as big a section as it is in the movie in the movie you're right it's really 50 roughly 50 yeah. percent but they do the whole thing with the theater of the vampires and all that kind of stuff that's I, all in the first book i remember I it but I just... some of that is from the second book though i think the ending where because i don't remember louis meeting up with him in new orleans at the end of the first book because it, it doesn't, doesn't the <laughs> second book open with lestat waking up in the house in like buried under, underneath the house in new orleans Isn't that's that what i thought opens yeah i thought over? that yeah yeah, I thought that's that is, and then you learn about the swamp because I remember right. hating. Well, no, the, not that part. No, no, no. I'm, no, no, okay. but but I thought that that's what you learned is like at, I thought at the beginning of the second book he went back and retold how he was able to basically come back alive. Oh, yeah, I think you're. I think I think it's after the fire, right? After everything yeah. after the fire is what you find out in the second book, and then there's the noise and the in the music from the band that's down the street, and that's how he becomes a rock star, right? So. I think that's how that goes, but I, I don't know for sure. I don't remember either. Clearly, we need to go back and read the books. But yeah, I, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> I don't have the books anymore, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I did think it was really interesting that they, they really did kind of almost split this this movie in half of one yeah. half being with Lestat and one half without. And to your point, I mean, it's really not the only character that lives the whole way through is Louis. Right. Um, you know, lives through the, the entire. And so Which and I I, why I've always considered Louis to be the main character in this particular. Yeah, version, for sure. Right? Since he would be right, because he's right. the one doing the interview. Yeah. Right. So he's giving his account of things. So. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly right. But if you look at the poster, it's Tom Cruise on the poster. It's not Louis. Uh-huh. But Tom yeah. Cruise is the name at that point. Brad Pitt's not the not the big name yet. Not yet. 
No, neither is Antonio Banderas. But I guess Armand in the book was young with curly red hair and he was Russian. Do you remember that in the book? He's Russian? I thought he was Italian. That, so one of the things that I read on the internets, and I'll have to go back and read it, was that in the book he is supposed to be a 17 curly red haired Russian. Oh, you're right. Oh, it's Marius who's Italian. The guy who makes him is Italian. Or Merrick. Marius no, or Merrick? Marius makes Merrick is the. Um, I can't remember. Not no. Marius is the. I don't. Because there's one book Nate that is Merrick. Yeah, but I don't remember who that is. But I was thinking I'm it was Marius right. too. He's Russian. I'm wrong. So but no, you're right. But well, Marius but a, yeah. But in the movie, because he's playing with Santiago, what's his name, as the in France, it almost feels like he could be with the black hair and yeah. all of that. Um, you know, you, you definitely get the impression that he is Spanish, Italian, something, you know, uh, somewhere in that kind of, uh, European area, obviously, but in the book, he's supposed to be a Russian with curly red hair. That's an interesting thing to change. We gave Tom Cruise blonde hair. Why not give Antonio Banderas red hair? Oh, shut your dirty, dirty mouth. Shut your mouth. Are you? Don't get me wrong. I don't want, I don't want to see it, but I mean, I don't make the choice. Why make the choice? It just seems. It's like a weird choice to make, especially for how small the part is. I know, but but after you watch, so after I watched, so I didn't read the rest of the vampire books until after that. I always thought of Armand as Antonio Banderas. I, sure, I could not it. ever imagine him as a red-haired Russian, right? Well, obviously, because we all forgot that he's supposed to look like that. So I mean, it's, it's just I insane. Mean, it is strange. But I don't, oh my god! A strange movie choice. You know, <laughs> I know. As they were with their portrayals for Louis and Lestat and Claudia, it's interesting to me that they make that choice for Armand. Well, now I want to Photoshop Antonio Banderas with curly red hair. I'm just dying right now to do that and see what that looks Wait. like. I saw a couple pictures and I googled it, but not <laughs> not, a, not Antonio Banderas, just what he's actually supposed to look like. And I mean, the the renderings are not bad, but oh. it is a strange. Now, what do he look like in in the second one then? So, what do they make him look like in the second movie? Does he even show up in the second movie? Hey, y'all, remember, we have the moment where everybody turns up. It's like every Star Trek movie ever, where the entire crew turns up at the last second to save the day. The they they movie, have that moment the second, in the movie second is movie. Queen of the Damned? Yes. Queen of the Damned would be the second yeah. movie, although the second book was the vampire Lestat. And, you know, we were talking about who else could have played Lestat. I don't think Stuart Townsend was bad. I think the movie was terrible, and I think the script was awful, Thought but he, I don't think Stuart yes, Townsend I, was bad. I, I don't know. He bothered the hell out of me this watching it recently. Like well, he but just that's kind did, of the goal, right? He played it <laughs> so schmarmy in a different yeah. sort of way. Like it was, oh yeah, me, I agree it was with over that. the top. I agree with that. I think the portrayal of all of the characters in the second movie are just apt is absolute garbage. I think uh-huh. it's just terrible. The movie itself is just bad, right? Yeah. But I've seen Stuart Townsend in a variety of things, and I think he's a good actor. So I, I don't, I, I give him a pass, I guess, in this sense, because I feel like if it had been a better script, maybe he would have done a better job. You know what I mean? I so got a... someone named Matthew Newton played Armand in oh. Queen of the Damned. In Queen of the Damned, he's never... definitely not a red-haired person. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know who that is. I gotta be honest; I don't remember student Stuart Townsend in anything other than Queen of the Damned. Oh, he's been in a couple things. He was in. Uh, let me Google it. Like I, in, I'm, I'm looking. Trouble for saying it now. Like I know that he, it says the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, he was uh, Dorian Gray. 
That's and, not a good movie, but it's a fun movie, okay? So, I, so I, I, I am with you. I know people don't like uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I actually enjoyed it. So I'm. I, it was not a g- good movie by any means, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. Oh, but, he was in Elementary. That may be why I remember him, because I liked Elementary. Oh, I watched Elementary. Huh, I'll have to yeah. go back and look. So I'm with you. The Queen of the Damned. I did not love Stuart Townsend as Lestat because, and maybe this was intentional, but because of his age, he didn't have that confidence that I expected from Lestat. He was just cocky. Well, but and that's almost more accurate. Because I, that's Lestat's what I'm saying. Supposed to be 16 or something. Well, he was 16 and 1700 and whatever that he was oh, made right. at this point. But, he's, you, you know. know, so, so that's my thing is like what I really appreciated about Tom Cruise. And the reason why I liked him was that he definitely had that confidence without, in yeah. my opinion, and this is again, just my opinion that I didn't feel like he was just, you know, a cocky asshole. I felt like he was confident. Like, how could you not love me? Which is supposed to be more depth to his cockiness. That's right. Like, that's what I would expect is, you know, that, that, that attitude of everyone loves me. Come on. So, but again, I'm going to argue that the script gives you some of that, right? You have to have some, something to work with. And and interview the vampire does a better job of capturing, I think the, the, the story, right. Of interview with the vampire, whereas the really the vampire For sure. that. I mean, they they really they they really pick and choose what they want to use from the book, right? They, and what they don't want to use, they just they just leave it out and they fill it in with some real garbage. So they, For they make up sure. a bunch of garbage. So that makes it harder. So I. It was just not a good movie in general. No, well, and to be perfectly honest, the story just, I mean, I love the story of, like, Akasha rising from the dead and, you know, or not the dead, but, you know, all of a sudden having life or whatever. But the idea that his music brought her to life, I'm just like, In the books, if I remember right, they talk about how his voice kind of, sorcerers and you kind of inspells people right because yeah that's kind of one of the things Lestat's able to do right he's able when he talks to you he can kind of talk you into doing shit right right and in the books they talk a little bit about that that the, the way his voice kind of affects things that that's part of what pulls her out but we leave that completely out in the movie we don't talk about that at all it's just right. loud rock and roll music and she's an angry old woman who gets woken up by it and so as a result she's gonna fucking take it out on everybody around her and, and the world yeah. so, you know, I mean, it was the queen of the damned was definitely weird and i know we had originally um not planned on talking about it but but i 100 like was really disappointed with queen of the damned to be honest uh-huh. i was i thought that could have been a really good movie and i just the movie it was should have been i know i remember seeing it i don't remember if i don't remember who all we were with but i know a group we went, of to, the went theater. to see it yeah we went yeah. to see it at stations casino remember yes uh, that place was awful it was like a concrete bunker with red carpet it was uh-huh. terrible uh-huh yeah so yeah. anyway um so back to interview with the vampire. Um, so other than besides the great Lestat casting, this was Kirsten Dunn's first role, and she was the first person to audition for Claudia. Other people that were considered were Christina Ricci, Julia Stiles, Natalie Portman, and Evan Rachel Wood. They all auditioned for the role of Claudia. Christina Ricci would have been okay. I think so too. Julia Stiles, I think, is too quiet and nice. 
I can only see Julia Stiles as her character from 10 Things I Hate About You, so I have a hard time picturing her as anything beyond that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Admittedly, I'm not sure I can remember her in anything besides that movie. So so I think Evan Rachel Wood probably would have been good as well, because she's kind of played that bratty character before, and so as a 11-year-old brat, I think she would have done well in. But I don't know who that is. Uh, okay, well... What has she been in? Oh, she was in uh, one of the 90s... Uh, uh, like One Tree Hill or something yeah, like that, so. you know, and then uh, she's been in some stuff recently, but um, like she was in 13 in Westworld. Oh, Let's I like see. Westworld. Me, Who's me, she in Westworld? Let me Google her. Hang on a second. IMDb. See, if we had Helen, she could do all this for us. Fucking <laughs> Helen. Fucking Helen. All right. So she is Dolores Abernathy in Westworld. Oh, she's Dolores. She's a good actress. Now I don't know that I could see. I don't. I don't remember her as, at that age, so I'm picturing that. But she's a great actress. Well, she was in um, True Blood, and she was in something else. Uh, Touched by an Angel. She was in Touched by an Angel. Oh, that oh, was. Oh, well, you know, I watched that religiously. See <laughs> <laughs> what you did there. That's what I did there. <laughs> Hilarious. That's gonna make the bonus real. There you go. <laughs> um but so i thought kristen dunst did a fantastic job in the role um i think it was it's a hard role to be a kid playing a kid who's now turned into an adult that's pissed that she still looks like a kid like that that's a lot there for someone but um what i thought was really interesting was that was her first kiss kissing brad pitt and she said it was awful. She hated every minute that of it. It probably was awful. I mean, the amount of makeup <laughs> yeah, that man had on for weird. that scene. Is, you know, <laughs> right. He was about like 20 years older than her. 18. Yep. 18 years older than her. And I guess in addition to that, the rumors about hit Brad Pitt's, um, oh, lack of personal hygiene was just starting. I guess Tom Cruise complained that Brad Pitt's uh, didn't use any deodorant and the resulting body odor became noticeable on set. So I'm going to guess that that was difficult too. But she said, what Kirsten, Kristen Dunst was talking about how like Brad Pitt was this cool guy and everyone thought it was so cool for me to be able to kiss him. And she's like, it was terrible. I didn't kiss anyone else for another five years. I didn't kiss anyone until I was 16 because it was just awful. I was like, okay, well, I could see that if it sucked that bad. I could, I could understand that. Um, River Phoenix was supposed to play the reporter. Um, oh no, I love Christian Slater. So, but River Phoenix died like a few weeks before shooting. So that's when they brought in Christian Slater to cover. Uh, but Christian Slater felt so bad for taking over for River Phoenix that he donated his entire salary to various charities that River Phoenix supported. Very kind of him. Even more reason oh. to love Christian Slater, Michael. I thought that was Christian very Slater nice. is so good in this role. I mean, I really, honestly, I love River Phoenix, but I just genuinely cannot picture anybody else in this part. He does such a good job with that role. Really? I, like I haven't yeah, really seen great. River Phoenix in enough to. That's true think, too. To know how I think he would do in that role. That's true too. So I think I'll River Phoenix that. would have been great. I mean, he was the only thing that I have to your point, Kelly, is probably Stand by Me is the number one right. thing that I remember him in. But I mean, he was clearly a good actor, so I think it would have been fine. But oh, my thing. But my thing is, is like, I did not feel like the reporter had much of a challenging role. 
No, I don't think it's challenging. I think it, but but what it is is memorable, right? I remember really clearly the end of that movie where he's in the car and he's listening to the tape and he gets the great line, somebody changed my shorts right before Lestat gets him. I could literally, when Sean and I were watching the movie last night, I said to him, this is great, watch this, because I knew what was about to happen in the car. And it's not Tom Cruise that makes it exciting for me. I mean, he gets to turn on the cool song. But beyond that, it's the, it's the way that, that kind of frantic mania that, christian slater embodies in that part i think it's just i think he does a good job wow i mean i think he does a good job too but i assume that that last part what makes it so good is tom cruise and the fact that he kills him while they're driving so i mean i mean that's good don't get me wrong but watching tom cruise do that is just like watching him kill everybody else that he's killed right there is no real i I don't know i don't feel like there's ever any real um emotion behind tom cruise drinking from people or killing them which is really fine i don't think not really do you i think i think he loves it i I think that part of you know what's supposed to be uh the interesting dichotomy between lestat and louis is the fact that louis hates it and lestat loves it see i get the impression that lestat just does it because he can because he wants to not so much that he Uh, actually gives a shit if it you know that and i think he picks the people based on what they look like or what they right so i i find i guess that's my thing is i find it almost an eroticism right it's i i I get greedy off it yeah and so i can and i want it and so that so to me those are all big emotions that are like you know and so well so for me like i thought to your point i thought christian slater did fine but i thought anybody could have done that job and i was sad because i was really excited that when i I remember being a kid real excited that christian slater was in this movie right um and i had wished because you know the like later on in the books the you know there's that one human character that documents everything i can't remember i don't think it's daniel in the books i think it's albert there you go. It's David Talbot. Talbot. That's exactly right. I that up earlier because I couldn't remember the character either. I, I wish that David Christian Talbot. Slater had had the opportunity to develop more into that character because I I always thought that was a great character. And, you know, then Queen of the Dam came out and I was like, well, this has died a horrible, horrible yeah, death. Right, but right. but uh, no, yeah. I, I, I had hoped there was... Slater, he gives you the human component for the movie. He does. Right? Yeah. He's... He's the he's the one person that reacts the way that everybody else should react to finding this shit out, right? Well, how we all did. So that I think that to your point, that's a right. that's a great point because, well, and we've seen this in so many other areas, right? When you read something about vampires, like our first instinct is, "Damn, I want to be a vampire," right? Right. Oh yeah. So who doesn't? Right. Right. So that's Young, beautiful forever. Sure. I mean, I'd have to have some prep work. I'm going to need about a year because I, I'm going to have and to we're back to get a right. things like that. Right. We're, so, we're back to the, like, uh, we're, we're, but I'm with you. I'm hundred percent like, Oh, absolutely. Come on. I mean, everybody feels that way. Come on. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you hundred percent where I feel like, you know, that's how everybody reacts. And I like the fact that, you know, the, you had Louie who was like, well, clearly I haven't done a good job because that's not how you're supposed to react when all of everyone is like of course that's how we're going to react for christ's sakes everyone wants to be a vampire so just asking this if given the opportunity would you both take the opportunity to become a vampire no michael yes you said yes kelly why would you why do you say no oh because i just like i don't know i don't like people 
so I don't want to have to be around. I don't like people either. You're going to eat them and they're going to be gone. So, know, but if anything, you're reducing the surplus population. So. I'm just saying, it's a lot of people to eat. So, no. <laughs> You have to be charming to find people. I, you know what? Dude, after four years of, after four years of Trump and seeing what kind of people that brought out, no. I know, but theoretically, you could eat Trump <laughs> and all of his followers. I mean, there's a so bad. They probably Your cholesterol numbers are. Gonna they, go they probably oh taste God. like chicken. Yeah, That's so exactly right. They, a vampire. It would be like. KFC all the time. You have a Big Mac. So you're gonna be. That's yeah, right. It's gonna be bad. Man. Oh, that's terrible. Like you, you learn of all the loss that they have the over the years, and yes, you could turn people you love into vampires as well, so that you don't lose them. But you're probably not going to do that. So, just like the loss century after century of people that are close to you. Yeah. That would be hard. At that. But you can still choose to end it, right? Just you all have to do is go to a tanning bed. You know, I mean, you can you can end it if you really wanted to. I don't know. There, like, there's literally like nothing so that, that can, is enticing yeah. to me about it anymore. Really, really. Yeah. Huh. So, Michael, you're a, you're a hard yes. I'm I'm still very yeah, very much so yeah. But why? Grown up, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a yes because number one I like the idea that I could control more of my destiny where I'm not just you know as a human any person could take your life at any time and that is scary to me like it, I I'm fearful about things like that and so the idea of um, you know, being able to live out forever and then control when or if I leave this earth. I like that idea. And to your point, like, you know, the people that I love, I'll just make vampires too. And then they can be with me. The one thing that does scare me, though, is at some point this goddamn planet is going to burn up and die. I don't think I want to be around to see that. So that is the one thing that I'm happy about is, you know, as a human is that I'm not probably going to be here when the whole earth dies. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I know that's morbid, but I mean, again, I can still choose to leave the earth when it's time. So I don't know. The idea of like always being healthy, always being, you know, because it's not like they had a hard time waking up with bad backs. Right. I, I'm like, you know, that seems they really... taking their beta blocker every day. That's right. They don't have to worry about Nexium, you know, or <laughs> vitamins. They're just living life. The one thing I think I would struggle with, though, is so it's been, you know, kind of rainy and gloomy for a couple of days in Kansas City before yesterday, and I was in such a grumpy mood. So I think I would struggle with only coming out at night and that sort of thing. I think that's where I would struggle with being a vampire is not seeing the daylight very often. Yeah. Michael, what's your biggest reason for wanting to be a vampire? Oh, it's a hundred percent not having aches and pains and everything else. Yeah. hundred percent is being able to just stand up and do what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah. The one thing that drove me crazy about this entire movie though, is that they never got in trouble for killing anyone. And, and I, I realized that, you know, that they're vampires, but there were dead bodies everywhere and they never once got in trouble. I think so. I've played in the, the slaves riot on the plantation. 
they do but they say that the it's not like louis gets arrested it's him that burns the place down yeah that's true i don't know how that would honestly go right i mean they have the plague during that part in new orleans i think in the books they talk about this don't they don't they hide the bodies with plague bodies maybe but i'm just saying i don't remember so i've been you know i play among us i love playing among us you guys have played with me as well i suck at killing people i'm terrible at it i get caught i I get caught all the time as a vampire i would be really really bad at killing people i'm just saying well the good thing is apparently you would get away with it i guess (laughs) i guess that's true i suppose um so one other thing that i thought was interesting that i wanted to kind of um wrap up with so Anne Rice knew that when the movie was being made that highlighting the homosexual undertones of the relationship between Lestat and Louis wouldn't be like widely accepted, right? It just wasn't like super accepted. So one of the things that she thought about doing with the book or with the movie was changing Louis to a female who just dressed masculine um, when like she was taking care of her plantation and all of that stuff and then casting Cher or Angelica Houston in that role as Louis. Well, you know, I love Cher, but I still can't picture that. No. I like Angelica Houston, too, but I just, I cannot picture that. Really? You have to change your story that much. Right. She said that everything else would be exactly the same. Yeah. I don't, it's not, though, because I just, yeah, no, I just can't pick, I just can't see it. I could. I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I uh, mean, at that I'm point, I'm not a big fan of when that kind of shit happens. So I don't like it when they change things like that. I, I actually like this idea. I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, because I do think they kind of backed away from that relationship between Lestat and Louis in the movie. Um, they were just, you know, roommates. <laughs> which I thought did a disservice to kind of what that relationship should be. And I could be totally reading that a hundred percent wrong. You guys might've really gotten that, but I didn't. I think the homosexual undertone is there, but I don't think it's overt, but I don't remember Lestat and Louis being lovers in the books. So there were parts where, so I was reading about this. Like there were parts where he said that he expected Louis to sleep with him and, other things like that but i'm with you i don't remember it being overtly homosexual but i definitely remember it didn't dawn on me that they might have had a homosexual relationship until i read the books which i didn't read the books until after the movie um well they get it a more it becomes much more graphic the more book further in that books you know list you go yeah but I really thought that I, when I thought about like Cher dressing up in you know masculine clothes and then revealing herself to be this gorgeous woman vampire, I kind of liked it. Uh, I, I'm not saying I, it, I don't think it's bad, a bad movie. I just can't picture change. I don't. I don't like the idea of changing Louis to a woman. Period. Just because that's not to me. That's not the character, right? There's nothing. To me in the book feminine about louis so are you just gonna have it be a super you know butch woman is that what the idea would be i mean i just don't, I don't Louis know has a, a definite air of femininity to him to me too I don't long think it's hair femininity. long nails you know i don't I, think that is feminine as much as i think it's just he's in touch with his feelings right he's just he's emotional and sensitive a feminine trait right I right know, i guess i don't consider that to be only feminine but. well i guess my oh, thing is it's either but that's 
that's society's. You're right. Mainstream of, society does. Uh-huh. You're not wrong. Well, well <laughs> and it, it almost feels gender gender neutral to some degree, right? Like right. I think I, Louis I, is. I guess that's a good right. So so that's why I thought how interesting would it be to have that? But what I think would be different is watching Lestat treat a woman the way that he treated Louis would be different to me. That's true. It, it would then it would seem like you know. I don't know. It just would be that that part to me, I think, would be different. But I I just when I read that, I was like, oh, that might have been really an interesting change because Anne Rice was very specific that, you know, everything else about the movie would be exactly the same. So, yeah, I think if you're doing it, if she was going to do that for an artistic reason or a plot reason, fine, I would probably be more okay with it. But if you're doing it just because you're scared of the backlash to the gay undertone. So I, I lose all respect for it. So no, I think that what she so I, I don't know if so when you read Anne Rice, you know, she was she very much wanted to keep that homosexual relationship between the two of them. What she said was she was worried that the studio would tamp that down and would take that out that sexual relationship between Lestat and Louis that she had intentionally put into the books because it, it really added to the story of the two of them as to why Louis stayed with Lestat, but hated him anyway, because, you know, he was in love and in lust with him, but also hated the lifestyle that he kind of came up with, which she said was very similar to how a lot of her homosexual friends, you know, kind of dealt with their own homosexuality. I don't know. But at the end of the day, that's what she thought it wasn't a backlash from people it was a concern that people that the um, producers and the writers would take out that relationship between the two of them because of the homosexual relationship you know what i'm saying i, I guess i just don't remember that part in the book enough to make me i honestly thought they did a fairly good job in this movie that's what she said that's, that homosexual undertone she said so. that so when they first had okay. started thinking about the share angelica houston was the uh 70s and 80s but she said that by the time they did it with um with uh you know brad pitt and tom cruise that she was very happy with it in fact she ended up taking out a two-page ad in vanity fair and the new york times endorsing it as a masterpiece so she loved it she loved how it ended up but when that was when they were originally looking at who could play lestat that was one of the changes that she thought of was should it I mean, actually... that's just good marketing on her behalf. I'm sure oh, yeah. the, uh, the immense success of this movie had nothing to do with the 27 books that come out after it, right? So, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Well, and in fact, to that point, this would be the highest grossing vampire movie for a decade. And as of 2016, it's the highest grossing R-rated vampire film of all time. So suck on what that. Else? What other vampire movie did better than this? Twilight. Twilight oh, is the one yeah, I, I was thinking. That. Those don't count. Those aren't vampires. Those are some sort of weird glitter creatures. God, uh, those movies are awful. So. so we actually, in this quarantine hell, went back and watched Twilight because, uh, you know, what else are you going to do with your life but, you know, watch these kinds of movies. And um, for sure, vam- the interview with the vampire is a much better movie than any of the Twilights. But it is it was one of those movies that it was like, oh, okay, but you're right. It's I, I had expected Twilight to do better than Interview with the Vampire. So, but well, but the other one that I was thinking of was Dracula. Um, Dracula that... is a good movie, but that comes out before Interview with the Vampire, doesn't it? Yeah, it, in high school, I think it, it does. It comes out two years right. before it came out in 1992, but it did not do as well as the Interview with the Vampire. But you know, that was just the and other they, one that and I they prorate it because you know movie tickets in 
whatever. Ninety two and ninety four were so different. No, no, I'm talking about Twilight. Oh, f- <laughs> screw Twilight. We're not talking about Twilight anymore. Well, but Twilight beat Interview with the Vampire, so that's my question, right? Because tickets now are like what, fifteen bucks? Well, <laughs> so like four or five. Twilight was not a rated R movie. Oh uh, well, of course it couldn't be because you know you don't you, she wouldn't allow them to have sex or anything until they got married. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, all the twelve-year-olds want to be able to watch it. Um, yeah. Okay. How many uh, bodies do you think were in Interview with the Vampire? Two hundred eighty-nine. Jesus Christ, no. How many More? bodies? Like how many people total? <laughs> yeah. How many total bodies did you see? Like in people die. Yeah, like dead people. But there's a whole lot. They had the whole huge pile of plague victims in the. I bet they aren't counting those. I bet they're only counting vampire victims, aren't they? Well, you don't see a pile of plague yeah, victims. You, do. you he's have got the, the cart. Uh, he has the cart. And then they have the ones that he walks by when he's walking through the French Quarter. I So I don't know what that... What, uh, I bet they're not counting those. So if we're only talking vampire victims, I'll go with 50. Oh, Kelly? The under 40. It's 56. Ah, so that was good, you guys. I was really impressed that both of you got, but like, I didn't remember 56 freaking bodies, you know? I just, I didn't. So that was good. You guys did good. Um, I have one other fact here. I did not find a place to put it in, so I'm just going to throw it in, ha- in here. Uh, Lestat, when he gets his neck cut, that's an animatronic Lestat that's flopping on the floor. I wondered about that when we were watching that last night. I was like, did they, how is this happening? Because it didn't look, it didn't. Really <laughs> At all real? No. no. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't terrible. Don't get me wrong. It, was, it, it, it wasn't was, great either. But right. It <laughs> but I was like, so what's happening here? This is definitely not makeup. Is this an early attempt at CGI? I wasn't really sure what was going on there. <laughs> Well, you know, like I said, I didn't have a place to put that, but it was one of the the facts that I too found interesting because I was like, oh, I wonder how they did that. But it was an animatronic Lestat, which I really wish they still had that and like put it in at Disney World or something, you know, right? Like, wouldn't that be awesome? And, you know, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean or something to see. in Maybe it is. Maybe it is in the Pirates of the Caribbean. That's true, I guess. Uh, it probably looked better back in the 90s when we weren't watching it on the ultra high definition televisions we all own today (laughs) (laughs) because this would not have been a digital film originally right this would have actually been 35 millimeter originally right it was time yeah yeah it's interesting going back and looking at those movies that you remember from that time period that actually are on film they're on real film and when they convert them over to the digital format, it's interesting looking at things like that. You know, Star Trek, Star Wars has done how many cleanups, right? They, every time they release a new format, they they clean up Star Wars, they get yeah. put it back out there, yep. right? But they don't do that with most movies. And when you look at them, you can really see effects that you thought were really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that, that's for perfect. sure. Kid with crayons did that. We, we, <laughs> we watched Labyrinth with my niece the other day, and yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I still loved it. I still loved every minute of it. But like you could practically see people's yeah. hands coming through puppets, you know, and part of that is because everything is so ultra clear that, yeah. you know, you definitely see those kinds of things. So you can't hide things the way you used to. No, not at all. Right. Not at all. It's true. And I, and I think that it's hard for me to go back and watch some of those movies. Labyrinth isn't one I've tried, but some of those movies, it's hard to go back and watch because it does distract me from the. Yeah. Uh, from the, the actual, itself. yeah, the movie yeah. itself. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like the CGI uh, Return of the Kings or the Five oh, Armies or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God, the Battle of the Five Armies when the yeah. one king is, oh, my God, I can't watch that. It's so bad. I have to, yeah. like, close my eyes. It's so bad. So, 
All right. Well, I have nothing else about uh, interview with the vampire. I will say I did. Again, I had to go back and watch it for this, you know, for this conversation. I did enjoy it, although um, it was it was more terrifying than I remembered. I, I had to kick AJ out of the room because I was like, man, this this actually is a lot of butt, blood, guts, gore, you know, all of that. So. Yeah, it's pretty graphic. I wouldn't. I don't know that I think it's scary at any point, but it is pretty graphic. The one part that's scary to me is in the theater when the theater. they. Yeah. I thought what's that was scary terrifying. there. The, when they feast on the woman. Yeah, when the woman is made totally naked in yeah. front of an audience, and the audience Terrified just died. Yes. Uh huh. So, to me, that isn't scary to me i absolutely get what you're saying where the girl is terrified she actually very clearly and she does actually she does a really good job um yeah but to me that's not scary to me it's just kind of i don't know freaky i guess scary is more i don't know to me i i guess if i was going to pick a scary moment it might be when they have the when they're everybody's being dragged through the underground so for me i almost found that comical because you have the woman with the tall red yeah. hair and the laughing big, like crazy right yeah. and so for for me that reminded me of like peewee's big adventure when you know which i mean in all fairness that was kind of scary too but i i remember being a kid and not understanding what was happening and then watching it and realizing what was happening and it was like oh my god you know that's just sure. terrifying so i don't know yeah it's it's, it's shocking yeah. Uh, but I think that underground thing, even with her laughing, is to me almost to me that adds to the to the that fear factor, right? Because these people are these vampires are clearly insane. Yeah, right? they're, sure. they're, some of them are clearly nuts, and there's nothing you know. What are you gonna do? You know, it's yeah. yeah. Honestly, if, in my opinion, in both the book and the movie, that is one of the biggest biggest plot holes in the entire thing. That you have this brand new fledgling vampire that manages to kill off an entire coven of ancient vampires old hundred year old vampires right well i guess that's true i it, watching it last night i was like huh, how does he do this and then the the end fight with santiago i, I i'll give you he could have finally won but i mean that's like a it two second bit right it should have been more challenging <laughs> so, right. there was it was yes. like it was no effort <laughs> i was like oh this is bad so i <laughs> agree santiago is one of the scarier characters in the entire show in my opinion i think he's just you know very and i guess uh from what i read he did work with pantomimes and some other to kind of get that theatrical you know scary but I i'm with you i thought he should have been a more difficult adversary for sure well they built it up right armand yeah. even talks about how he can't stand up to him and challenge him i'm like okay hang on a second here so armand who is like 400 years the oldest vampire that he knows right yeah isn't strong enough to do this but louis who's been around for what 20 years 30 years at this point yeah <laughs> just cuts him in half that the first try <laughs> right doesn't even get, doesn't even get nicked <laughs> i mean he doesn't even, there's not even a smudge of ash on him when he walks out of there so, you know, <laughs> yeah. he didn't even get dirty <laughs> well and I mean, he didn't even work up a sweat <laughs> well, so actually when watching this i did have kind of a similar thought because he cuts the guy in half yeah. and when you watch it the guy's spurts blood i yeah. mean like blood spurts up and i kept looking at louis and i was like he doesn't have blood on him at all like how does that happen yeah. that he doesn't have any blood right maybe he well, used a police bell. 
Yeah, oh, that must be it. Uh-huh. That must be it. I wondered immediately, too. My first thought was, there's no way that thing is sharp enough to do that. The size? <laughs> the first thing I thought. Yeah, that size. I was like, there's no way that thing is sharp enough to do that. I know. Like, give it, you get enough strength behind it, right? He's got superhuman strength. So you get enough strength behind it, I suppose you could cut somebody in half with a butter knife if you tried hard enough, you know, if you cared. Well, I guess. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that is true. If, if you really worked at it, I guess you could do it, too. <laughs> All right, so that's my thoughts on uh, Interview with the Vampire. I did think it was good. Again, I thought it was scary, but not, like, terrifyingly so. But again, all the blood, I was surprised at. Well... And the the dead bodies were were somewhat terrifying, I guess. So that was my thought about that. But anyway, um, what anything else? Any other last thoughts that you guys have around this movie? No, I think I was just kind of surprised at how well it stood the test of time. Like when I went to go back and watch it, I was like, oh man, this is the mid nineties. This is going to be awful. <laughs> really I know you're. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I was yes in fact one of the articles that i read when researching for this episode it talked about how oh this movie you know um maybe not have aged well for some people i i watched it and i was like this actually aged exceptionally well i was shocked and i, I think there are things in it that are hard to relate to and it's going to get harder for people like i you know for example most of like your kid for example will never understand what the, what, the, what, what the guy's doing with the cassette tape, right? Yeah. It's just not yeah. going to make sense. There's certain things about that when they're talking about aging. I think there are definitely components of that. There's movies like that now where you, where the guy does something with the car or this side of the other thing, and I'm like, what, what, are, what are we doing here? What is this? And that's only going to get worse, right? Yeah. But at, the story, I think, is still very solid. Yeah. You know, the, the actual – and the portrayals, for the most part, I think are really solid. I don't think anybody – I don't think, you know, I think Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, I honestly think they do a fine job. I don't think they're remarkable, you know, super amazing Oscar worthy performances, but I think they're good. I I actually thought that Tom Cruise was quite remarkable, as was Kristen Dunst. I thought both of them did just. I'll give you a Kristen Dunst. I think she is probably the standout because she really embodies that kind of crazy upset i'm a 12 year old i'm a 44 year old woman in a 12 year old body i can't get laid i yeah. can't you know <laughs> I mean, i'll give you that one i think she really embodies that anger i think she really does yeah so. yeah is it kirsten or kirsten i, I don't know i, I kirsten, think i think yeah it is kirsten all right good to know good to know it's kirsten caroline dunst for any of those who want to know and do you know this bitch was born in 1982 I mean, I mean that would make sense, right? She's like twelve or something in the movie, isn't she? Yeah, I'm just saying she was born in the '80s, and she's like. It sucks, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, we're getting old here, people. Is that's that's it? Huh? Interesting. I didn't know that. I'll have to go again. I need to probably go back and read those. I remember really enjoying the books uh, when I read them the first time, so I probably would enjoy them again. Uh, but maybe we'll see. I, I just feel like maybe I, you know, where to, where to commit. I know, right? <laughs> Shut up! It's a goddamn quarantine. I don't have to I commit feel to really shit. Strongly that I think I would like them, but eh. <laughs> what? What? what else? <laughs> That's the best I can do, you know man. What? You know what? Anytime I get shit for not being for being mad about an actor's job in a movie again, this is what I'm bringing up. <laughs> you know I'm fine with that. What do you people want from me? Okay, this is as good as it gets. So I very much, I very much may 
Go back and read those. <laughs> if so, I'll report back to you guys. <laughs> okay, good. Let us know. <laughs> well, it's a commitment. It's like 12 goddamn books, right? Like, you it's a fucking commitment. Let's just pick a spot and start. <laughs> and they're not exactly short. No, uh, they're... But some of them are. They get shorter as they go on, I think. Some of them do. So there's... Yeah. That's the other problem is they're the main Vampire Chronicles that are all just all like the 10 books, billion right. pages. And then they're like the little add-on books that are small. Yeah. And so getting through and all of those is... She ties in the witches books well i never watched i never read those blood blood works farms or whatever they were really good no that's different that's a whole different series there's the mayfair witches the blackwoods farm thing does get tied into the vampire chronicles yeah it it actually ties in all those series like into the mayfair witches too but there's only three or four mayfair witches books and they're actually really good Uh honestly i'd almost say that they're better than the vampire chronicles in some way well, maybe I'll uh, go back and read those. I'll give that the same amount of commitment that I did okay, the good. Vampire Chronicles. I'm glad that we're consistent. <laughs> That's right. I'm consistent, if nothing else. <sighs> All right. Anything else you guys have? Nothing 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 all right well thank you all for joining us for this episode of my poor friends hopefully you enjoyed this and i well i'll probably i'll probably cut some things but it was a long episode but i've been recording gold you can count cut nothing (laughs) (laughs) i mean there is there's there's not a whole lot to be cut here to be honest like i'm pretty impressed with us that you know you know we went a whole hour and 16 minutes and didn't say anything that was like oh my god that should be removed Oh, you're right. We, we have try harder next we, time. We have a tendency to, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so thank you all again for joining us. Uh, hopefully you did enjoy this. And if you get a chance to go back and watch the movie, um, again, I think that you would be pleasantly surprised that it, it still is good or it's held up over the years, shockingly, which, by the way, early 90s now is, what, 30 years ago? So... Why do I mean, you do that to people? That's I, just horrible. Why do you say things like that? Well, because I forget. I still think of 1994 as being like 10 years ago, right? Well, so. I, I like to continue thinking that. <laughs> <Just shush. laughs> so, yeah, a 30-year-old movie. It is pretty surprising that it has, has lived up for as long as it has. Um, again, we have the My Poor Friends Facebook page, so feel free to chime in if you have any um anything you want to add to this conversation and hopefully you guys are having a healthy and safe time in quarantine we will continue doing some of these virtual recordings as we go along since obviously it is safer and for all of us and uh yeah we might have to do the crazies next time kelly so so watch that and tell us if it's any good okay (laughs) all right i'll do that awesome all right thank you guys have a good day bye